All right, let's do this. Episode 11 of Wall of Sound up against the wall. My name is Brownie. Thanks for checking us out. For those who don't know, Wall of Sound is an online rock website. You can find us at wallofsoundau.com or if you're on social media, go find us, like us, follow us, whatever. Wall of Sound AU across the board. Big, heavy fucking show for you today. We're going to have Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth co-hosting very soon. The band released their brand new album this Friday, so we can't wait to have a chat about that and find out when they're going to be touring Australia. We've also got new music on the way for the Black Dahlia murder and Australia's very own Cursed Earth. Plus, really stoked to premiere a song of Valda Conker's debut EP called Arms. They're the band behind the uh, epic opener you just heard before. That's coming up later on, but let's officially kick it off with these guys. They just put out their new album, Will to Power, two weeks ago, and this is a track of it. It's called The Eagle Flies Alone by Arch Enemy on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
this is Trav from Witch Grinder, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall.
That's Bloodlust from Melbourne's Witch Grinder and Wall of Sound up against the wall. The boys are currently on tour across the country right now, so if you get a chance to check them out, go see them. You won't regret it. Another Aussie band who announced the tour this week, Thy Art is Murder. They're heading out in early 2018 for a headlining show alongside a Muir, Fit for an Autopsy, and Justice for the Damned. But if you prefer something easier on the ears, why don't you go check out the upcoming A Day on the Green tour. This time it's a 90s revival with The Living End and Spiderbait headlining alongside Veruca Salt, The Lemonheads, and more. And after the Killers play the AFL Grand Final, they're returning in April 2018 for a headlining tour. All the details can be found online right now at wallofsoundau.com. Just click on that touring page. But these guys wrapped up a tour right here in Australia in May, but now they're getting ready to put out a brand new album called Nightbringers. This is the Black Dahlia Murder on Wall of Sound up against the wall. Yeah! 
up against the wall. sound up against the wall.
Gothic metal legends Paradise Lost and Wall of Sound up against the wall. Their latest album, Medusa, is out right now, but let's get into this guy. Greetings, this is Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, and you're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. I can safely say, hands down, this is the most filthiest guest I've ever interviewed on Wall of Sound up against the wall. Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. How are you, bud? I'm good, thank you. Mate, it is an absolute pleasure having you on here. Um, you are an icon in the heavy music industry and you've been around for years. What is your secret, first of all, to looking so young after all this time? Uh, continual masturbation, drinking virgin's blood, being a vampire. All right, so essentially just all the normal stuff you do on a Friday night. Every day of the week. <laughs> Mate, we've got you here because obviously we want to talk up the new album, Cryptoriana. It's out this Friday, September 22nd. Uh, Mate, give us a bit of a rundown. I want to know with you, when you go to write an album like this, how much research goes into finding out things from the history, obviously around the 1837 mark with Queen Victoria's reign, uh, how much do you go into it before sitting down to write? Uh, well, not a great deal, really, because the ideas didn't really present themselves until the band had written the majority of the album. Basically, we went to Brno in the Czech Republic, where the drummer and one of the guitarists lived, for a bit of a team-building exercise. So it was like a writing period where everybody had come up with ideas prior to it, whole songs, bits of songs, riffs. And then we, we met and we were going to collate all those ideas, essentially just to come up with the basis of an album. But so prolific had the work been done that we came away with about 85% of the album fully written, and at which point, it was laid out before me and I, you know, it, it suggested just by the, the atmosphere of it and the connection I felt with it suggested the ideas. And I've been reading a lot, to be fair, of uh, Victorian ghost and horror stories um, prior to that by E.F. Benson and Algin Blackwood, Oscar Wilde, so Arthur Conan Doyle, Arthur Mack and that sort of thing. And the two things just hit it off, really, and it just seemed logical. The album's very fast and ornate and full of high gothic melodrama, very spooky, ethereal. It just worked perfectly. And from there as well, obviously, you write these songs based on that era, but is it stories that you make up or do you take uh, stories that are already about and just kind of explain them in song to other people? No, no, they're, they're all original. They're either based on... The Victorian age was set in that period and, you know, they suffer their consequences and the vibe and uh, the atmosphere of that period. Or they're written in the vein of the aforementioned authors in that style. Right, excellent. Now let's have a chat about the second single you put out. You will know the lion by his claws. Uh, what was the inspiration behind this one going into it? Um, well, it's a very heavy track and it's one of the title is actually um, a Latin translation. It's something I've actually got written on my arm being a Leo. And it's a kind of don't tread on me type song. Um, and it was inspired by the works of Ryder Haggard, who's a Victorian author who lived in my proverbial neck of the woods, obviously in the late 19th century. And uh, without going too much into it, it works on several levels. Like I say, it's a don't tread on me type song. You know, if you don't want to get ripped to shreds, don't piss off a lion. That's the simplicity yeah. of it. But it's actually based on the Victorian Railroad annexation of the Transvaal in South Africa in the late 1800s, which basically paints a vision of the greedy machinations of man coming up against a furious 
natural foe that's obviously been displaced by the onset of industrialism. So yeah, it, it works on many levels. Every song in the album is very different from one another. Not one will sum up the whole album. And that's what I love about bands that get into a studio and you try and explain an album to someone but it's like, no, this song sounds like this and this song's great and just go listen to the whole album for a full experience because it's not the same thing over and over again. No, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're someone like Bad Religion, and no offence to Bad Religion because I don't want them to change, you kind of get the vibe from one song. You know, the rest of the album's going to be pretty much in that style. Um, well, in the case of us, obviously, you know that we're not going to go into heavy funk jazz fusion on any tracks. But <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a very cinematic theatrical record. But I wouldn't go as far to say it's proggy. It's just uh, furious. All right, well, let's check out some of that Furious from the album. We're going to get on that single now. You will know the line by his core. Danny, you could hang around for a bit more? Absolutely.
Cradle of Filth and Wall of Sound up against the wall. Danny, the filthiest member of the band, joining me right now. Um, you're actually a massive horror movie fan like myself. Yep, that's the case. I want to know from you, like, how do you feel uh, the current state of Hollywood is right now with the uh, horror movies that are coming out at the moment? Well, I think, I, well, I know that I haven't seen a really great horror movie for some time. And I think there's a lot of experimentation because we, and recently there's been a spate of that shock, you know, that very sort of CGI in your face, ghost comes right up to the camera, short, sharp shock. It's just overdone and a bit annoying. So I think I was quite surprised I went to see Annabelle Creation with my daughter because I knew it was going to be one of those, you know, one of those like psychological ghost things where it leaps out on you and you get a shock, you know, and then it keeps doing it. It doesn't actually grab you. It just comes up to the camera. And, and there's so many films that have been doing that of late, mm. you know, paranormal activity, et cetera, et cetera. But I was actually genuinely surprised by some of the, the stuff in it. It was a great scene with... Um, a scarecrow and all the light bulbs burst and they i think people are getting cleverer i saw get out ah oh, that was good wasn't it it was really good it was a really original take and split was really good about james mcavoy's got you know the multiple personalities i saw it the other day which was a good version it was a you know it could have been a lot darker to be fair it played out very much like a creepy goonies you know, horror movies. So I think in that direction, things are improving. It would be nice if um, companies were given a bit more money by the powers that be. For example, they've been trying to put Hellraiser into production for absolutely years and years and years. And now, they've, you know, it's on, it's off. Clive Barker's directing. No, he's not. They're going to have Doug Bradley in it, who's a friend of mine. No, he's not going to be in it. They've got a new pinhead, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just pathetic. They just they had a bit of trust in the company, gave them the money they wanted, gave gave the right people the job. I think a Hellraiser reboot would be fucking amazing. But they need Doug Bradley involved. You need Clive Barker involved. It's like that remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert England. It yeah. was just, it was shoddy. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. I didn't like the Nightmare remake. However, Rob Zombie's Halloween was fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, I must admit that was good. Um, when it comes to the other side of things, you've got the universal monsters being reinvented, which is which is cool, and it proves going back to this whole Victorian malarkey that you know you can't keep a good story down, and they're still the best horror monsters have all come from that era. You know, Jekyll and Hyde and the Mummy and the Wolfman, yeah, and all that, yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately, it started off with Dracula Untold, which was started good but then just turned into this fucking ridiculous cgi fest which is awful and then obviously had tom cruise in the mummy which was okay-ish but again just turned into another cgi shit fest um and hopefully they'll start getting it right with bride of frankenstein and then i think the next one is johnny depp and the invisible man and i think that'll be good because the original invisible man was probably the creepiest out of all of those films because you know claude rains played it really maniacally so anyway, it's all good. If it's all heading in that direction, I like monster movies. I just think it needs more investment in the sort of uh, independent horror movie franchise. Look, Danny, I could bloody sit here and talk to you all day about it. But what I want to ask on the back of that as well is, you know, you're seeing all these reboots, remakes, sequels, prequels. Will we ever see a sequel to Cradle of Fear? 
Um, well, I'd like to do it, yeah. But it was a case of the original was done on a shoestring budget. We borrowed people from all kinds of walks of life and films and people just fresh out of movie school. And it was it was a designated area of London that all this came from. It was Camden. It, it was all done as a labour of love and, and, and literally probably cost the same amount of money as a food budget for a major film for less than a week cost. And it was a lot of hard work. And to bring all that together again, um, I couldn't see it happening. One, because everybody worked on deferred payment as well. So they only got paid when the film went into money, which it did. And it was yeah. very successful as a low-budget movie. In fact, one of the most successful British underground films ever. But I would love to. But it would need investment. All right, so we'll put that one on the back burner for now. Keep it as a classic. But talking about classics, look, Danny, I have an opportunity where I could play any song here, but from you, what do you reckon we should play now? Um, something from the new record. I'd go for Achingly Beautiful.
Cradle of Filth and Wall of Sound up against the wall. The brand new album, Cryptoriana, comes out this Friday, September 22nd. Danny Filth joins me. Mate, before we get into some fan questions, I just want to ask you something. Your infamous Jesus is a Cunt shirt has uh, literally been one of the most talked about and controversial band merch tees of all time. Have you ever thought about following it up with a sequel shirt or, or another shirt to offend their lefties? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it'd be very easy to do, but no, it was something from our past and it wasn't supposed to be overtly satanic. It was more anarchic. And when we came up with the design, which was just prior to us touring with Emperor back in 1994, we thought it was fucking hilarious. We thought it was absolutely hilarious. (laughs) And uh, what's more hilarious is the longevity of that design. Um, It's been lambasted by the Lord Provost of Glasgow. They tried to reintroduce a Victorian law to prosecute someone, which then got thrown out of court because obviously you can't just willy-nilly choose any law you want to bring in for one case. Um, And then obviously last year as well, the end of a long line of uh, strange occurrences involving that T-shirt was the incident in New Zealand with the woman that spray-painted the display that housed that shirt. And ironically, she was arrested. It's obviously uh, struck a chord with the right and the wrong people. Well, it's definitely something that's not going to go away, so let's leave it as is. But, mate, got some fan questions to get through for you. Uh, Caden wants to know, are you still banned from the Vatican? Uh, no. No, because, well, they wouldn't know. It's not like 1984, and you have to go through, like, gates, and they call up your history or whatever. In fact, three of us, four of us, went for four members of the band when we played in Rome um, on the last European tour. I actually did a tour of the Vatican, went to the Sistine Chapel and 
got to see the full Monty, as it were, which was great. But yeah, no, no lightning bolts up the arse. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Yeah, it, it's good that they don't check IDs on the way in like they do here with some clubs in Australia. Um, and Jess wants to know, it's been a couple of years since we've seen you down here. Is there an Australian tour on the back of this album? There is, yep, absolutely. I have the dates actually in front of me on my computer. I can't tell you what the dates are because uh, my manager's a stickler for synchronicity and synergy. He, he wants it all to be properly announced as and when. Um, but I can tell you it will definitely be in May, well, first half of May. Beautiful. All right, well, we'll lock that in and we'll start saving our money now. Mate, Danny, before we head off, we've got a game which we invented called... Now, essentially, what we do with this game is we want to ask you personal questions to show a different side of you that a lot of people might not have come across yet. Would you mind if we play that with you? Absolutely. What was it called? Masturbate, the metal band. Emasculate, the metal band. Oh, right. (laughs) But no, Masturbate, the metal band is a completely different game. All right. So the question I've got is, how much money have you spent on makeup since 1991? No idea. So a I shouldn't wonder. And what's the best brand you've ever used? Again, probably no idea, just whatever's close at hand. That's probably why we uh, changed the image so much is because uh, really can't be asked. Wherever the wind takes us, that's our motto, really. So constantly getting bored and changing it and not really keeping to any one thing. So whatever's at hand. There's a lot of times when you're on tour when you run out and you have to get someone out to go and get stuff and it'll come back and it'll be completely different to the stuff you've been using. So you just go with that. Mutate and survive. That's the motto. All right, well, thank you very much for that insight. Uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, the brand new album comes out this Friday. Go out, get yourself a copy of it. Mate, and we look forward to seeing you guys next year. Yeah, buy the special edition because it has the two bonus tracks. Like I say, we love all our children equally, so all the songs are as good as one another. Just two have to be on the special edition. And, of course, that also features the cover of Annihilator's Alice in Hell that we undertook. Beautiful. Make sure you go out and get that. Danny, thank you. My pleasure.
fighting from Australia. This is Max Cavalera in the wall of sound up against the wall. Stay metal.
from the album Roots, which Max and Igor Cavallero will be playing in its entirety across the country from this Thursday. That's Sepultura on Wall of Sound up against the wall. A few weeks back, I caught up with Max Cavallero to find out what we can expect on this upcoming anniversary tour. The show itself is great. I think it's, um, for anybody that loves this record, it's a real chance to experience the whole full record from beginning to the end with a few surprises in the end of the set. But I'm super excited. I can't wait to be showing this album to the Australian fans. I know there's some huge uh, Sepultura fans in Australia from way back, and they're going to love to hear this Roots experience that we're going to give it to them. It's going to be fantastic. Don't forget to grab your tickets and check out Max and Igor Cavallero return to Roots across the country from this Thursday. Also this week, Australia's very own Cursed Earth released their new EP, Cycles of Grief, Volume 1. This is actually from that EP. It's called Broken on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
This is Slam from Vaticonka, and you're listening to Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall.
brand new music there for Gold Coast band Valdeconca. They've just put out their debut EP, Call to Arms, and uh, we are stoked to get behind these guys. They've helped us out behind the scenes. They make all the intros and uh, the sweeps that go between the music throughout Wall of Sound up against the wall. So a big shout out to the guys and go check them out online. Valdeconca is where you'll find them across all social media websites. And while you're there, look us up, Wall of Sound AU. Give us a like, share us around, uh, get involved with the community and be part of Wall of Sound. Thank you for checking us out again. On the next episode, gonna do something special. We've got two bands putting out albums on the exact same day, and the two musicians joining me next week are connected in more ways than you would imagine. It's Satellites vs. Makeout on the next episode of Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall. To get you up to speed, this is an old song from Satellites. It's called Mistakes and Regrets on Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall. My name is Brownie, thanks for checking us out. I'll catch you next week.